Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woken Big Slash streaming service and chill. And today I am joined by Jacob, Jace, and Jake. I know, it's a lot of J's there. Considering my name is Bill and not anything that has to do with the J. I don't even think I have a J anywhere in my name. But that being said, this podcast is filled with J name dudes. And this podcast, we are breaking down... Well, the film last broke down, but we're doing a real depth, a uh, real in-depth breakdown of Ninja Assassin. Now, just a real quick Wikipedia breakdown: Ninja Assassin is a 2009 neo-noir martial arts film directed by James McTeague. The story was written by Matthew Sand with a screenplay by J. Michael Shabadabababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababab
10th Planet Soldata, go in. Get your training in. Get in under a black belt by the name of Curtis Hembroff. He is the black belt that opened up the 10th Planet Austin in the Onnit Academy in Austin, Texas, which would be where you would have a 10th Planet Austin. You'd have it in Austin, Texas. Now, if you are a member of the Knightsy tribe, jujitsu is free. Yeah, there you go. It's your birthright. Now, if you're into jujitsu and you're also into competing, well, Alaska's Baddest Blue is coming up. Now, this is a submission-only jujitsu tournament going on Saturday, November 21st. If you're interested, you can register at 10thplanetsoldatna.com. Last I checked, there were something like $1,700 in prizes. So if you want to compete, you want to get some cool prizes and choke out a fellow blue belt or a white belt, you can do it. This is a submission-only tournament. There's, you're not going to have anyone stalling. Uh, you're not going to get points for passing. No, you either submit your opponent or you don't. Now, my understanding is these are going to be EBI rules, and I have no idea what that means. So we're going to have Curtis on the podcast before the tournament, and he is going to break down what EBI rules are. Now, I know the, those are the rules for the Eddie Bravo Invitational, but again, I don't know what the friggin' rules are. That being said, there are no rules, except no heel hooks, apparently. There was a, there was a, uh, someone asked that they not do heel hooks, and Curtis listened to them. I wish he hadn't. Nonetheless, Coach Hembroff is a beautiful, sweet human being who doesn't want people crippled or having blown out knees from a jiu-jitsu tournament in Soldatna, Alaska. Nobody wants that, really. However, if you do want to compete and you do want to win in Alaska's Baddest Blue, be sure to check out 10th planetsoldatna.com that's 10psoldatna.com to be specific not 10th planet 10psoldatna.com all right folks without any further ado here is our ninja assassins breakdown so hear me out uh snake plissken and captain ron essentially are the same person but they exist in the same universe uh, as, um, oh shoot, she was just in the old guard. In fact, the universe of the old guard from Netflix. Charlie Theron? Charlie Theron? So, so Snake never ages because while some folks who are those eternal warriors went on to go be eternal warriors and essentially mercenaries working for bad guys and, and bad governments and bad corporations doing bad stuff. Captain Ron, a.k.a. Snake Plissken, was traveling the high seas as a pirate. He had a different calling completely. He knew he was immortal, but he wasn't going to go be a bad guy about it. He just wanted to hang out, cruise the seas, occasionally see some, you know, tourist butt. Yeah, but, that makes but, sense. Somehow That's he was recruited back into that service, that evil... I don't want to say evil, but um, he was he was a tough guy. He was Snake Plissken. He was Captain Ron. And so who else are you going to send to get the president out of the prison island that is New York than a guy that can't die anyway? Yeah. And, yeah, especially and if you want to him. And then you send him in to rescue the first daughter. <laughs> Oh, what what's the movie with the guy in space? Lockout. Lockout. Have you seen Lockout? Lockout. Lockout. Who? Um, Pierce? What? Pierce. What's guy Pierce. Name? Yes. Okay. Yes. Ah. 
save the president's daughter from the space prison. Super underappreciated, but it needs to be appreciated. Well, I'm I'm glad we're hearing about see Guy Pierce isn't he's one of those actors who doesn't get enough um I don't want to say he doesn't get enough credit, but he's been in a he's been the central character in a lot of good films. It's not just LA confidential. Um yeah. he's Memento. Oh my gosh. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean that that was the movie um the, I probably the movie that made you take notice to Christopher Nolan. And I think mm-hmm. it's evidence that he doesn't need to make a movie that costs a billion dollars to make. He can still make a really good movie, a really complicated movie to watch for 20 bucks and a pack of Newports. What was the one he did before that? The the Follower or something like that? The The Black and White Joint? Yes. He's always made complicated movies. Yeah. You know, and that's, and he prides himself on it, which is, which is great. Um, He's sort of like, for John Favreau for the overthinker. <laughs> I like it. I dig like, it. Like, John Favreau makes movies that you don't have to be super smart to enjoy and appreciate. I don't think Christopher Nolan does either, but I don't think it hurts uh, to go see those movies with smart people to explain it to you. He makes it much more palatable for everybody. He brings these big concepts to the screen, but palatable for everyone. Yeah, I, he's, I mean, holy smokes. The, the guy was in, uh, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff, but, um, oh, shoot. I can't, I can't think of the name of it. Um, the one where they all go to Vegas and they accidentally kill a prostitute. And then they've slowly got to kill each other. God <laughs> with Christian Slater. Holy cow, with Christian Slater and John um, Favreau. Um and it's it was my brother described this movie as a dirty joke that kept going. <laughs> like um and I can't think of the name off the, and I'll throw it in the editing. Very bad things. Very bad things. Yes. Very bad things. Great movie. Very oh, okay. Very easily forgotten movie. Now, did John Favreau direct that one as well? No, Peter Berg, and Peter Berg did the screenplay. Well, okay, so Peter Berg, who's also—I mean, he's a guy that's done a whole lot of other, a lot of other uh, films. I mean, as as an actor and as a, a director, from you know, from Lone Survivor as a director um, to Great White Hype as an actor, as Irish Terry Conklin. Um, you know, he's he's another one of those directors. He did The Kingdom, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he did. I think he did Spencer Confidential. That makes... He, I think he did. I'm fairly certain he did Spencer Confidential as well. Um, yeah, he makes... He makes movies. I don't know. I'm not the biggest Peter Berg fan. Um, you know, nothing... I don't know. He, he's not a name oh. that I see on a on like a, like oh I've got to go see that new Peter Berg film coming. Um, yeah, it, I'm it's not actually the he, first time I've heard of him. He has discredited his whole filmography by the fact that he was the directing force behind Battleship. He did Battleship. He did Battleship. 
Hey, what was wrong with Battleship? <laughs> what was it? What was wrong? Ah, there was so much I liked. I loved the alien design. Um, I thought that was fantastic. That would have fit a Halo movie. I felt they stole that from Halo. <laughs> but I saved the rooms. Yeah, that, that line is, oh my God. <laughs> Good actors. That guy, that actor cannot get a break. I don't know. I, I didn't watch it because watching movies, movies about board games that have nothing to do with the <laughs> um, but But also battleships ruined battleships for me. Because <laughs> just Battle in general, Pitch was way funnier, right? Uh, and it, it, it takes me back to a more wholesome time in my life. The, the special guest of the moment really is uh, on this one, uh, Mr. Jacefer. Hi, Ice JC Jace, <laughs> Jay Toven, Jace Toven. I don't know. Beethoven, please. Yeah, yeah, he'll prefer it than uh, my nickname for him, which is JC Poopers. JC Poopers. JC Poopers. Please. You, I'm assuming, Jace liked uh, Ninja Assassin. I did very much. <laughs> it's actually one of the very first um, R rated movies that I rented on my phone because for the longest time I was not allowed to watch R movies. And then as soon as I was old enough to rent them, and I was house-sitting for someone, I went and rented a whole bunch of R-rated movies from Blockbuster, that being one of them. And not a bad one to rent. Not a bad no. one to rent. Not a bad one to dedicate an hour and a half of your life to. Um, <laughs> but the, the question that I have before Jake joins us is, did you go back and watch it again recently? Yes, actually. Okay. Before, before I even knew that you guys were doing your Ninja Month, I, um, I just was getting nostalgic nostalgic for it so got and, it on youtube and this podcast and then this podcast and this movie is is a good reason to get nostalgic um i was able to to go down the rabbit hole that i didn't know uh and i didn't appreciate when the film came out now when the film came out i saw it in theaters it, it blew me away oh you did oh my god yeah, it was that's awesome uh, seeing that you know like 60 feet tall was a big thing like uh, back when you could go to the theaters, this this would be a movie that if I was in charge of one of the local movie theaters and they said, "What's a movie that we should we should put on a really big screen?" This would be one of those those films. Um, oh yeah, and three D and everything. Uh, was there a three D release of it? Did we go down there? Not that there was. Yeah, because they have so many three D effects with the throwing stars and I forget what it is. That makes perfect. That would make perfect sense. Yeah. That would make perfect sense. Iron um, even just the lighting aesthetic is very 3D with the blues and reds. This is one of my favorite ninja movies of all time. And this is probably one of the first ninja movies that I've seen. Like, I don't want to say since American Ninja, but it's it's the first <laughs> one that like opened my eyes, reopened them to them, like into all the things that you could do with it. And for me personally like everything about this film look looking back and, and doing the research on it felt like it was a movie that was put together by people who just really liked the genre and wanted to do something unique with it um and, and that's sure. why they that's why they brought in kind of specifically the cast that they brought in and we'll get to that in uh, in a few minutes um but you know 
the movie was made by fans of the genre, by guys who were good at having fans and making fans. So the guy that wrote this, and I'm, I butcher his name, so I'm not even going to try it, is the creator of Babylon 5. All right? No. Yeah. Now, are you that saying actually... no because, like, you can't believe I, I can't pronounce that dude's name? Because... They... Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, out of respect for your inability, I will also not name him. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, sir, Thank... Steve. <laughs> so... So the dude that wrote <laughs> Babylon 5, um, and, and who is one of the first dudes wow. to, to really interact with uh, his audience to, to put uh, a plot together uh, and, and really was good at taking you know, eyes and, and ears from his fans and creating something. Also, the, the director, uh, McHugh, I butcher his name too, but he's like way more British. His name's way Brit- way more British and way less exotic than the guy with the Polish last name, whose name I couldn't pronounce either. Um, but the director of the film is also the director of V for Vendetta. He was also the assistant director for all of the Matrix trilogy. All right. This I do remember is- hearing something about that, yes. Uh, he was also the assistant director for um, The Clone Wars. For the, the film to close. Ah, okay. um, so he's a guy who also knows how to direct a certain look mm-hmm. you know, and give it this sort of appearance. Now it was it was produced by Joel Silver. It was produced by uh, by the Wachowskis. Um, so you know it it had it, it was gonna have that look and it was gonna have that energy. But if if you watched V for Vendetta and you liked the way that that looked, um, and you kind of, they, they do kind of feel similar in that regard now that that's a thing that you know. They're like, oh, I like this. Oh, I also like this. Maybe there's a reason I like those two things. Um, mm-hmm. But Ninja Assassin was also a movie that didn't make a lot of money on the returns. I think it, it returned $60 million on a $40 million investment. Um, so people didn't get it or they didn't appreciate it at the time. Um, but it's one of those movies. It's kind of kind of like the like when Family Guy blew up on the internet. Uh, they brought it back because of that. I think this is a film you could make a sequel over ten years later too, and and it wouldn't feel like it was a forced thing to do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think that it really suffered from was it. Everybody was trying to emulate the Matrix for so long, and that was really at the tail end of the time period when everybody was just getting tired of seeing the matrix ripped off and and Mm. referenced in so many movies so everybody just thought that this was going to be another one of those action flicks i'm I'm sure there's there's a lot of truth to that um but at the same time it was brought to you by the guy i think maybe if it was pushed more as brought to you by the guys that actually did this other thing that you really like um and Speaking of the cast for for a, a second, to Western audiences, man, I had no idea who this guy Rain was. This guy who I've only ever seen in this one particular movie, who I guess is a Korean pop star. Um, I'm just going to assume he's there, Robbie Williams, and that he's out there having like <laughs> he was he was in the. Uh... He was in the um, the Speed Racer movie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, you mean another Wachowski film? Gotcha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wachowski's so, like using him. Yeah, and and he's 
And I hope that they use him in the new Matrix movies. Um, mm. That would be cool. On on the other side of that, uh, Sho Kazushi, who played uh, the lead bad guy, he, the, his father. Yes. Um, he is, he had his own series called Sho, Sho Kazushi Presents uh, Ninja Theater. All right. And the first episode is available on Prime. I think it's going to be one of the next ones that we do. Um, I did not yes. know that. But he also, he was an American ninja. And it, it, typically when there's a ninja film, he's the guy they hire to, to be the, the, the instructor, the bad guy, because he, he's going to do double duty and make sure that it looks good. You know, like he's, he's going to make sure in. at least one person in the movie knows some actual martial arts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and... And he also just has that scary look. Like he just looks like he's a dude you don't want to owe money to. Like he's and, and the dude who spent his his entire adult life playing a guy who has assassins that follow him. Twenty bucks says he's probably and it's inspired an entire generation of assassins. Yeah, there's some 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 guy with a body or gal with a body count um you know because this film did did feature female assassins um but they're they're people running around with the mind frame of what would shokazushi do what's the rapper you were talking about just got shot uh king vaughn what if that was one of his big inspirations so I don't know. I don't know. King Vaughn is an interesting one. Um, he, I'm, I'm, Jason, I'm not sure if you're familiar with King Vaughn. He was a rapper who was murdered over the weekend. Um, but he was also a guy who, uh, according to um, according to the internet, it's pretty well documented that he had his own like his own body count, like he had his own his own people that he was responsible for no longer being with us. Um, I'm sure there's lots of speculation that it was an act of revenge or something, right? uh, Well, there's just a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot, when you travel around, I think, with a lot of negative energy and you feed that that negative energy onto, into not just like whatever, whatever you're doing for like art, right? But if that's, if that art is, is actually part of your life, it's, it's going to take your life. Um, and that's that's not just rap. I mean, if you look at like Gigi Allen, Gigi Allen brought out negative energy, pooped on the crowd, uh, you know, did a whole lot of crazy stuff. And, and he was dead before he was 40 of a, of a heroin overdose. And he was buried in uh, in what he died in, which, you know, included like a, a, a like a choker chain, like a dog collar. And, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, a cod piece. And they didn't wash him either. Like he still had his shit on him. Yeah. What a legacy. Well, yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, he, di- well, he died of a heroin overdose and in the pre cell phone days, people were taking selfies with his corpse. They didn't know he was dead. They just thought, you know, Gigi had fallen asleep. That's right. Uh, and uh, Matt Phil- Phillips, Mark Phillips, Matt Phillips, Dave Phillips, Tim Phillips, Philip Phillips, Philip Philip Michelson, uh, the guy that directed um, The Hangover, directed a documentary about Gigi Allen. 
They actually bailed him out of jail so that he could do the documentary with him, and then he skipped out on bail. <laughs> um, but going back to to Ninja Assassin, I it was filmed in Berlin, which is another reason that I think it didn't look like a lot of other movies. Yeah, um, I think that that played a part in it. It's not, uh, and there was something about you know Berlin in the the. 2000s that, that I guess the Wachowskis loved as uh, as a location because if I'm not mistaken that's also where Speed Racer was filmed. Okay. Did not know that. Yeah, so there's something about that time period, there's something about that place that uh, was pretty special to um, to the Wachowskis. Now whether or not they go they decide to skip Australia and, and go to Germany for the third Matrix I don't know. I mean, like Dieter's Sprockets from Saturday Night Live seems like a perfect reference uh, to a new Matrix movie. I just thought that um, Speed Racer was filmed on a green screen. Oh, I'm sure there were a lot of green screen stuff. I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that's what Berlin looks like but, all the time. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> um, but Berlin it, also. Mm. I mean, that's also a big, uh, big techno spot. Like during. Uh, during the 90s and into the 2000s, they had an event called Love Parade once a year. And, you you know, they play music on, it was a parade of techno and ecstasy, right? Like, uh, and that's just what that town was. Like, during that one particular day, there's 300,000 Europeans uh, coming to Berlin to do ecstasy together and dance as the, the cars go, uh, as the floats drive by. Uh, I mean, it's stuff that you can look up on YouTube. It's just a, a, a ridiculous, I don't want to say ridiculous, but it's a, it's a crazy sight of uh, just a just a caravan of trucks playing music and thousands of people just kind of moving in unison to the energy. And then you have people pooping on the, on the sidewalk. That's cool, too. <laughs> in memory it's, of G.G. Allen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that this was for you, G.G. Wait, what? This one's for you, Gigi. Ah, and if, and this is what you find out. I don't know. Gigi, Gigi was big in Germany. They love. Yeah. <laughs> you think he kind of would be, you know, it just some of the crazy subcultures they have there. They brought us techno. He like Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen would have gone to a rave. Um, <laughs> Craftwork. Uh, yeah, they gave us craft work. There you go. Um, yeah. So there, I mean, there are a lot of things that make this film special and, uh, and unique. I mean, so, so Jace, what were some of the things that really stuck out to you about the film? Ah, oh, shoot. It just oozes style. Like, like this, the, the whole story takes a backseat to the style. It oozes aesthetic the whole way through. One of the things I kind of wish that they had done was take it a step further and kind of give it the Sin City treatment. Okay. Like with the colors, you know? Yeah. Like they have really, you were talking about the bright reds and the blues. Like if they just had done that a little bit more, it could have been like a cooler experience. But as it is, it's just a total feast for the eyes. One you can shut your mind off to and just appreciate for just how gorgeous it looks. And it it's really, um, uh, just, just, uh, it's kind of a time capsule because they definitely don't make them like that no more. 
no before that even the way that it that it looks like the 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 way that it was filmed um uh, an action film 11 years ago 12 years ago uh versus something that's that's released now it, it, it's it's a different energy with everything digital um to, to where we've progressed would you be interested in a sequel in a sequel Ooh. i would kind of want a prequel like him uh mm. getting raised in the ninja academy oh yeah Their naruto days ah oh, man the <laughs> japanese sparta um <laughs> yeah just just then, going to war if, with each if other that's successful yeah and then if that's successful then get a sequel heck yes i think it's a it's a world where you know like i think you could make that series you could you they could tie into john wick <laughs> i mean you could do it you could do a 13 you could do a couple of 13 episode seasons based on child assassins I mean, I, I guess that's what they're doing with uh, Hannah on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, you know, generate you can you can have a couple seasons of kid murderers. We're okay with that. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's whatever a kid, so a nine-year-old uh, committing acts of extreme violence. Whatever we we Word know that games. happens Why in parts. Of, um, I just want to know where the good child soldier uh, uh, comedies are. Maybe a good musical. That's a good. <laughs> um, I don't think that yet, but that should happen. Yeah, it's uh, you know, where where are you on that with Shosky Brothers? Well, okay. So if you if if you turn cuties into a chainsaw massacre, it would have been more acceptable. Yes, it really yeah. would have been. Yeah, unironically. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Cuties, I, I would, I could never ever get, yeah, not, not a film that I'm, I would ever be excited to watch. There's not, yeah. did nothing. It's up there me. with 13 reasons why for me of movies that I just, I'm be totally happy not knowing they exist. Um, it's, uh, and for me, it's like, you know, nothing about that film was made for me. Um, Nothing, nothing about that. No one was thinking of like, I don't know. Give me another Blade Runner. Um, and if it had extreme acts of violence, then it would appeal to a wider audience. <laughs> yeah. If, if you about little girls, girls get up and twerk, but then they chop each other up with chainsaws. Okay. I, you know what? If you had a movie about about little girls with chainsaws, just butchering people. We, sounds like way more entertaining. And it, yeah. to make it a foreign film at that, you dub it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and whoever the, the male is, the male, whoever the, 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 the dude is in the film, the voice has to be Kevin Hart. I don't care if it's somebody's dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah he's ba he'd basically be like the mur like the charlie of like of the child murderers of charlie's angels like charlie's charlie <laughs> right so but here's here's what the crazy thing right maybe that's what charlie's angels is maybe that's maybe that's what charlie is maybe charlie taught kids to be assassins 
And that's what he it's is It's a now. sequel to Cuties. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it's the same universe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, you have filmmaking friends. You need to get them on this. It takes, it just, it, they're jumping through time, through a Stargate. <laughs> so, so while Cuties takes place in like 2019 France, it also takes place as Charlie's Angels uh, in 2002 Los Angeles. It's able to do that. We need that. Christopher Nolan. Christopher, Christopher Nolan needs to make this movie on this. with the Wachowskis in Berlin. Yes. And, <laughs> oh, the and bring back Rain and show Kazushi. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If you're doing a series, you, you, you bring on you bring you bring on Tarantino to direct a couple episodes. If I'm not mistaken, he did an episode or two of ER. So why not throw Tarantino into that weird cuties charlie's angels kids with chainsaws um subgenre that we are so desperately asking for murderous children give it to us now kids with children with katanas what was that movie where it was a bunch of kids zombies i think it was yeah (laughs) it was so disappointing i think it was like cuties or something it was so disappointing you ever see Children zombies on Hulu. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They and infected chicken nuggets and became zombies at a kindergarten. Sounds great, right? It, it was so disappointing. It sounds like it has it, potential, it, it, but it also sounds like what uh, public school kindergarten does anyway, just making zombie kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, McDonald's. Yeah. Like that's you feed them. You feed them garbage food that that rots their brain. Um, filled with all kinds of chemicals. It barely registers as food. So I, I don't I don't go to McDonald's very often, but today I got the spicy McNuggets and nothing about that tasted or felt like anything that was ever part of an actual anything. Um, <laughs> like if you could- Not made in nature. No, no, it, it, was, a, it was 3D printed food. Um, and, it, and it had all of the- uh, um, all of the soul and feeling of a McDonald's chicken nugget. It's yeah. On the other side, I did butcher ducks today. Nice. So like I got to watch Ninja Assassin this week and get those spurts of blood. Quivering <laughs> um, body. <laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, city of violence. Uh, I want to say, I do want to say uh, thank you to Jacob for introducing me. Uh, to City of Violence. If you are at home and you like uh, films like uh, like The Killer or like any of those old John Woo films, this is uh, is a much newer film uh, using um, you know more effective use of lights and explosives and it, clearly a film influenced by guys like John Woo, like Quentin Tarantino. Um, the yeah. Warriors, like the Warriors, um, <laughs> dude, the Warriors. Oh, got one of the most brutal knife fights. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like yeah. knife fights. <laughs> oh, just such a good, but such a good film, and kind of a bummer show because she wasn't in there. He was there in spirit because yeah. he's still alive. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 
So we could, we, all of this is stuff that could happen, you know, and I feel like you could do it. You do the series and you get, you bring in Sho Kazushi again, suspended disbelief. He, he plays, uh, you know, he plays essentially himself 30 years before. Um, and maybe when we finally meet Charlie, it's Sho Kazushi. And okay. it turns out he's got all of these all over the place, right? These little assassins, right? Uh, he doesn't just have the angels. He's got like the Diablos in uh, in, in Mexico City. Uh, he's got whatever the angels or the devils are in Portuguese. He's got them in Rio. Um, but yeah, where where is that Netflix series of international oh. being raised by Charlie? Yeah, I want to see the Rio angels. Like, yeah. You get like a cool Brazilian jazz soundtrack. Yeah. You know? And they've got some pretty girls down there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And some, and rainforests. You you could do some really cool stuff with ninja assassins and rainforests. Yeah. Especially because they got like the poison frogs there. So you could just have them like grabbing random frogs out and chucking them at people. Like ninja stuff, like ninja stuff. <laughs> Little frog goes and sticks in some guys for. I want to see that. Now. <laughs> Even better, turns out that like he wiped the blade not on a poisonous frog, but on one of those psychedelic frogs. So that, yes, <laughs> and it goes right to his brain, right, right before he dies. It's the most intense trip ever. So it's like, whoa, it's so bad. I see everyone. I These guys can't wait to get killed by this dude. It would be like uh, in Happy, at the very start of Happy, when he shoots himself and all the dancing girls show up. And yeah. Great. Well, what if he, Happy? What if he got the psychedelic frog and it just kind of nicked you? Like you'd start tripping so fast, right? Like, and I'm, what's going on? Because oh. it went straight into the bloodstream, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and others. Just, or like he nicks himself, he got a cut when he grabs the frog, so everybody ends up tripping. <laughs> and it's and even better because it's you don't have the drunken master, you have the <laughs> master. Yeah. Why, where is that ninja story, huh? We got the drunken. Uh, we got to write it. We're totally okay with uh, the drunken master. Uh, Jackie Chan making all kinds of bad decisions with his liver, but God forbid (laughs) we get a psychedelic warrior ninja story. Um, And you know you could bring in you could bring in Shaw and claymation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. At the end, uh, you know, switch between like rotoscoping, like they did with. Keanu Reeves was in it with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, a scanner darkly. Yes. Oh, like a scanner darkly mixed with claymation. Could be an awesome fight. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Give it the heavy metal treatment. Get a whole bunch of different artists together. Just do whatever they want. Ends up their little yarn characters fighting each other. <laughs> But like the most gory yarn characters ever. Oh my god! <laughs> like cuts red yarn, just flies everywhere. Guys in rubber kaiju suits. Yeah, stomping through a city, <laughs> throwing hallucinogenic frogs at each other. I think we got a good idea for a music video. <laughs> and make it a musical, yes. And a musical, yeah. Oh my gosh! 
Oh my god! Directed by Christopher the Nolan. They're flying, and ninja stars are always crying. Why are you sad, ninja star? And why is everything fractal? I want this movie. It needs to happen. I want this series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could bring in you could bring in Tarantino for a couple of episodes. You could, you know, I I I bet you uh, any one of those any one of those dudes that were like that signed on to to be in part of like a De Niro film because they're like, oh, Robert De Niro was in Taxi Driver, and then they ended up with like Bad Grandpa or whatever that piece of shit was that he did with the kid from <laughs> Baywatch. Um, Get a whole bunch of them to sign on without telling them what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Why, and why not? Um, and then, and then occasionally, and and Danny Trejo, bringing on one yeah, side yes. the one one bad guy is Danny Trejo, and the other bad guy is Show Kazushi. Figure out who's the bad guy. Maybe you could tell it from both perspectives, and they're they're both good guys with just a flawed perception of the other. Turns out they could yep. have been besties. Danny Trejo with the knives. Shokuzushi with the psychedelic uh, frog stars. <laughs> yes, I like this idea a lot. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing you could do with that is you you could have a lot of fun. And I don't know why more, more low-budget films aren't hiring UFC fighters. Just because you've got guys that, that can probably, that have enough training uh, to, to do an action movie um and probably don't are they're probably tired of getting punched in the face by someone who knows how to punch him in the face no uh danny the dog with uh jet was it jet lee danny the dog yeah unchained unchained yes with bob unchained. yeah they they had actual mma fighters going in there and they're like and we can have you draw their punches and they looked at the director and like Wait, we do this for a living unchained. and they were actually Hitting each other. Was that Unchained or Unleashed? Unleashed. 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 Great movie, nonetheless. Rest in power, Bob Hoskins. Uh, you know, you were you helped uh, you helped Roger Rabbit clear his name, get his wife back, get his life back, and uh, and then you went ahead and you enslaved poor Jackie Chan. Not Jackie Chan. God damn it. Um, Jet Li. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't Morgan Freeman in that too? Yeah, as the blind piano tuner. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. And how did they attack to the soundtrack? Who? What? Who did the soundtrack? Massive Attack. Oh, wow. Not a ninja movie, but should get an honorable mention. Yeah, the massive attack did your soundtrack. That's a big deal. That's a cool deal. Like they didn't make a lot of soundtracks, but they made one with Bob Hoskins and Jet Li. For yeah, and Morgan Freeman. And Morgan Freeman. Um, but how often do you think uh, actors are, are taking a job primarily for the location? I mean, like I don't know if you saw The Tourist with Angelina Jolie and um, yes. Johnny Depp. But that was not a movie I would ever, 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 ever recommend watching for anyone. But it seemed like <laughs> the kind of movie that you um, 
that you make because of the location. Like, oh, I get to go to Venice that every for the month and change. And Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah, every Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah, but that's a dude that can afford a trip to Hawaii, man. Go on your own dime. Quit trying to remake Fifty First Day. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong I, I love 50 first dates but like don't don't ruin the the energy of that by now you're making another drew barrymore movie and this time you're a widower don't make yeah. it sad i did I enjoy his forgets you and her children every day that does seem like that's a little bit more sad <laughs> yeah especially forgetting the kids here are the children you don't remember. I promise you, you're happy. Um, although, like, we ended <laughs> yeah, last night in a weird fight. You're like, I'm done doing this. How often do you have to deal with a person saying, you know what, like, I just don't, I don't remember you and I'm not going to remember any of this tomorrow. I'm just going to fight you and you can't get mad at me. Um, but once you, fi- I mean, do you ever figure out that you, you know, like, I'm really not going to remember tomorrow or I'm not going to remember this tomorrow. All this is, I don't know. It seems like you get a plausible, for a, a plausible deniability for some some seriously violent crimes. Yeah. That it, would make a heck it, of a movie. It was based on a true story. 50 First Dates? Yep. Yep. There's a woman uh, with that level of amnesia. Looking it up. I'm I I'm not down you, and this is this is one of the reasons I love you, man. Is like you you know stuff, and you're willing to back it up. That's why they call you Siri, sir. That's why they call you Siri. <laughs> okay. So it's based on the true story of Michelle Philpotts, who suffered two head injuries in 1985 and 1990. Okay. And- been completely unable to form new memories for the past 23 years. Now, is she, does she have a family? Um, That's, that's, you just took this chick's like, this terribly tragic thing about her life and you made it a Drew Barrymore movie. You invented (laughs) the Drew Barrymore movie with this woman's sad, sad life. She is married. There's a husband named Ian. Ian sounds like a romantic guy, and I'm sure Adam Sandler didn't do him justice. Shout out to Ian. Yeah. Ian, do they have kids? Um, doesn't say. I mean, if, if some you wake up on a on a whatever afternoon, and the person laying down next to you says. It's cool. We're married. And you have zero recollection of who this person is. Right. Like, it seems like that would be frustrating. Like, at some point, you're just, you're over it. You got to be over it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, her, the, her husband says that he is lucky because they had met before she lost her memories. Um, some days it's very frustrating for him, uh, and he's got to re- remain calm and patient. But for her, it's just you know she's got she loves watching EastEnders, but every time she watches 
the same episode, no matter how many times she's watched it over 23 years, it's still fresh. <laughs> oh, 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 gosh. It would be so much worse if it was Friends. Friends, yeah. But it's... <laughs> I, I need to know. I need to know if Chandler's ex-wife ends up married to that one lady. I need to know. But you're her <laughs> husband and you've got to watch that episode. Or... Over and over yeah. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, that one particular episode had the only funny line of that entire series. And it's when Chandler goes to his wife's, his ex-wife's wedding, and he walks up to a woman and he says something to the effect of, I shouldn't even try, huh? <laughs> it's a lesbian wedding. <laughs> Yeah. Only funny line, in my opinion. And then maybe you guys, you could love that film, uh, Jacob. And then in which case, I'm sorry that I offended you by saying terrible things about your favorite movie. No. But it, it's no, uh, it is no uh, Police Academy uh, no. <laughs> to Citizens on Patrol. No, Psych. I love Psych so much more. <laughs> TV show Psych? Yeah. One of my favorites ever. Well, I've only watched like two episodes of it. One of my sons loves it. Um, I'm on The Sopranos right now. I'm on somewhere in season four, I believe. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to start that this week. Uh, it is a, a lot. I remembered it being good. I didn't remember it being this good. Um it's just such a layered show and it's one of those things, one of those shows that got to go on long enough um, that you, you got to see characters go as far as they could go and still be interesting. Um, but you had seasons. No jumping with, of the shark. Well, I would, you know, I don't know about jumping of the shark, but it's just like, it just goes to, it's gone as far as it can go and still be like, I don't know. Eventually, eventually, I guess the, the fact of the matter is, is anybody in that lifestyle isn't going to make it past eight seasons. Um, yeah. You know, the, uh, but it's a fun, it's, it's a heavy show to watch and there's a lot going on and there's a lot of great characters and there's a lot of great dialogue. And so it, you know, it has really, you know, it's a very flavorful, uh, flavorful show. There's a lot going on and everyone there is excited to, it seems like everyone there is excited to do their best job. Um, the character of Polly Walnuts is probably my favorite. So um, while the show- With a name well, like that, I'd hope so. Um, well, you know, in a show where like Tony is the catalyst, he's the primary character. Um, mm -hmm. The show's not necessarily- all about him you know and it's and it's a film that like now that i have kids you kind depending where you are in life when you watch it it'll it, it's very easy i'm sure to change the perspective of how you watch it because now i'm watching it as a father of a of a teenager and 
and I get the stuff. I get being a father to AJ, you know, I get, I understand, you know, Meadow and, and that, that being, just being a father and stuff I didn't recognize when I was 20 something the first time I watched it, but it's a fun show. It's a fun show. It's got great dialogue and there's a lot going on. Uh, Jason, oh. what are you watching? What are you excited to watch this week? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> so it's older. Show. It's an older show now, but I've been watching uh, the first season of Hannibal. Okay. And that's been a trip. Mads Mickelson, right? Oh, my God. I love the man. He just, I mean, I mean, I'm not gay, but, but Mads, I mean, like, I'd have his wow. adopted babies. I mean, like, have have you heard of this fan base that um, uh, they're all for Frollo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame being sexy? Like, it's horrible. Like, Frollo is like the worst character Disney ever came up with. But if they made um, Mads Mikkelsen play the part of Frollo in the live action reboot, which will inevitably inevitably happen, I could I could get Frollo's behind that. the priest. Yes. Yeah. He's the villain. Yeah. I could I could understand that fan base after. I mean, oh wow. He's he's a bad dude. Like he's he um he covers a lot of ground and he's Mads? Yes. Um, oh my gosh, you need to see um not polar, not the one where he was the assassin, but Arctic hmm. where he's just the dude that's lost and trying to survive in the Antarctic where Is that on Netflix? Oh gosh, I think I think it is. It, it's probably on. Hey, howdy! Did I miss anything? No. Most of Ninja Assassin. Were there ninjas or assassins? Neither. Uh, Neither. It was. It was a weird uh, Drew Barrymore. Cancel each other out. It was for me watching Drew Barrymore in Ninja Assassin was probably about as uncomfortable as uh, as watching uh, The Rock in The Godfather. It was just, it was, I think, made me yeah, feel it, like it's not supposed to be there. Like, why is this here? You know, it, it made more sense watching Sassy Justice and seeing uh, Jim Sassy uh, not take anyone's shit. Now, not not to go off, not not to go off on a whole nother uh, tangent here, but <laughs> I don't know if you, I, Bill. I don't know if you want to edit that part out. <laughs> Probably go. We just got to. done talking about cuties a while ago. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Too I far don't. off. Yeah, Maybe we spent, cutie, we spent about um, ten minutes on if fifty if 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 cuties had chainsaws, uh, how it would have been a much yeah, more yeah. movie. <laughs> like it's all cuties, part of the same universe. If cuties, like if the cuties sequel, right? Uh, these yeah. girls like go around and murder every awkward dude that was sitting in the front row of one of their dance competitions <laughs> who brought a cooler full of sandwiches and sodas. Um, because my, my son did cheer and I went to, to Portland to go support my son doing cheer. And in the front row is like dudes in gray sweatsuits with uh, an igloo cooler and full of like sodas and sandwiches. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and I spoke to one of our listeners who was also a competitive. Um, he, he was at one point a competitive cheer guy, and he said everywhere he went, 
That's the front row of all of your performances is fucking dudes in sweatpants with igloo coolers uh, full of sodas and sandwiches. Well, this brings up an interesting question. It's do you put your children in competitive cheer or do you just fast track them to stripping? Like just like, hey, let's make some money like, you know, dad, daddy will pick up all the dollar bills for you and clean off the pole before you get on and after you leave. Nothing is more sad than a stripper that has to pick up her own dollar bills and clean off her own pole. If I'm not mistaken, Jenna Jameson's dad was her manager at one point. When I saw them on Stern, I believe that was what they were saying, is that he is her manager or was her manager. Yeah, I can't see her having daddy issues at all. None whatsoever. <laughs> but but there's something about like entertainment dads where... Um, there's this, there's a control over their children, whether it's Jenna Jameson's dad, whether it's Joe Jackson, uh, or, or any other. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of examples of fathers uh, and parents who are over, over controlling of their child's, uh, career and music and life. Um, just. We'll do double penetration, but I'm going to have to be there to make sure everything's on the up and up. I got to make yeah. sure everyone has their union card. <laughs> um, I like what, what is the porn version of SAG? <laughs> uh, I miss ninjas. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm wearing, I'm, I was purposely wearing this like ninja style to like, to make things more authentic. Did you guys see the picture of uh, Spike and Chain? the no because no because you're all awful people thanks thanks for all your support all of you did you send a picture i don't know (laughs) so jake has an obsession with fair enough and i think that that's uh that's part of what makes these films so cool is like uh going like you said going back to ninjas um the 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 cool the 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 the, no no let's keep talking about no um, the, the weaponry, the, whether it's, you know, whether it's the yeah. like ninja stars, um, or, uh, um, what would you, would you call it? The blade and chain? Oh, spike and chain. Um, which I have that book, by the way, picked it up at Inkwell's. Um, the, but yeah, yeah the, what I love about, um, yeah. What I love about ninjas, it's, you know, uh, especially in this particular film, ninja- so they're flat the flash i can't hear anything you're saying sex with and i felt at one point that this was supposed to be the sonic the hedgehog origin story (laughs) but they decided to make it about ninjas instead gotta go fast it probably like the yeah the fine folks at Sonic were like ah, we're not putting our name on this yeah <laughs> but no a little I too love, much red for us I love that it's like well could just go get a shotgun but <laughs> like some throwing stars and a chain with a spike on the end of it that's the way I'm going like I want a challenge I mean I'm I can already <laughs> jump across the room in like a second 
But that's how you know that someone really wanted you killed because they could have used their shotgun. All right. They could have they could have just blown you away and that would have been that. They could have thrown a hand grenade uh through the passenger side of your car. No, no. They sent a ninja assassin from a clan that's been doing it for a thousand years to slice you from ear to ear and scare the crap out and let you know it was coming. You know it's you know it's coming. You know when they're coming for you. And when they do it, it's it's a terrifying experience. That opening scene is one of the greatest uh, uh, slaughters of everybody in the room I've ever seen in a movie. That that is yeah. the the as far as like the the murder and destruction. It's 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 like it's like the the violent version of the the first interaction from Way of the Gun. Um, when when Ryan Philippi and um, uh, is it Benicio del Toro. I believe it's Benny. Uh, but when they're yet when they're going at it with Sarah Silverman, I'm not sure if you've seen Way of the Gun, um, but it's it's the, the one of the best three or four minutes uh, of the opening oh, of a Lord. film you're ever going to see. But it's just this verbal sparring, this back and forth that is it's incredible to listen to. This is that for murder. All right, that it's 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 ninja stars, it's katana blades, it is a spike and a chain. And there's a lot of blood. Um, yes, um, I, and I think you bring up a good point um, that not to not to trail off too far, but I think if uh, if you're about to be assassinated, and the gentleman has a shotgun, you like you're not being assassinated by someone that cares enough about you. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, obviously like, I didn't piss you off enough. Yeah, like, like this is just like this is sort of just a like, eh, we're just you're more of an inconvenience. Like, there's not any passion behind it. You want to be killed by a katana blade, or <laughs> you know, or a piano string, flying guillotine. By people yeah, have been doing it since forever, since they figured yeah, out by a professional art. Um, you know, they're yeah. they're gonna carve you up real good. Like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> the um, I was um. So being the responsible parent that I am, I watched it with my eleven-year-old daughter. Um, and uh, it's like, hey, welcome to Ninja Movies. <laughs> what was her response? Uh, she was into it. Um, she's, she's only killed twice since she's watched it. So we're doing good. I told what her, it's like, no, we don't do it. Um, oh, the, it was a little bit weird. She, she used an ax and a weed whacker. So the problem, the only thing with the weed whacker, did she use it as a stick? Like, as a, like a bow staff? Oh, or it was, was it on? Oh God, it, it was a whole ordeal. We had to go to Walmart. We had to pick up an extension cord. Yeah. Because like, it's an electric one. I see. Had to get a generator. Like uh, portability. Yeah. Well, I had I had to carry it because the generator was too heavy for her. Yeah. Um, You're good. You got to get a dolly to push the generator around. Got to make sure. Well, you and now we have the generator. I get it. It's a big. It's an ordeal. 
Now, well, and now we have to take care of the neighbor's dog because there's no one left to feed him. You know. Yeah, what? I, I can appreciate that, Ethos. Yeah. Like, like snatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shoot the dog. <laughs> That's a little harsh. <laughs> no, the, uh, no, she, uh, uh it, it was actually, it was really neat to watch a ninja movie with someone that hasn't been like inundated with ninja movies, like um, to get to, it was kind of cool to be able to sort of see a ninja movie through like, like to someone, someone who's, who's watching the genre, it for the first yeah. time. Yeah. But that she did, um, you were able to, to introduce her to that, like, from the from the the perspective of being a dad that's a cool thing like it's it's like it i watched um a huge chunk of well, I, I watched they live with my with one of my kids and um when you introduce them to these these cool little worlds that exist on film and they didn't know that their their little brains have, have kind of exploded like this is possible like and that someone else someone figured out how to do this for a job so you're saying I don't have to become an accountant. I can become a master of making blood spur off of people's heads in the movies. Way cooler. Way cool. There's, I, there's, a, there's an accountant out there right now loading up a shotgun to take his life out. No, sir. Put that weapon down. Go to go kill yourself with a katana. Make that happen in movies and get paid for it and be happier. Start by watching yeah. the assassin. The um the the difficult part. Okay, so one, it was cool uh, that Ninja Assassin was sort of her introduction because yeah. uh, it's it's a quality film. It's action from the get go to the end. I, I will say it was a little disorientating to me going like uh, in the way in which they flew back in time and not like not time traveled, but like the flashbacks to now to flashbacks to now took me a little bit of getting used to because I'm racist and all Asians look alike. Um, the uh, that's, that was a terrible joke. Yeah, <laughs> edit that one out. Joke. Here come the ninjas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you won't be able to tell us apart. <laughs> a whole bunch of the, like, uh, we're, we're going to get, we're going to get beat the shit up in the comments because you said something, but we're going to get beat up in the comments by like well-dressed dudes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they have style. Yeah, they're, no, this is they're like our our like our folks brought you City of Violence. You brought you you watched City of Violence. You dumb whitey. Really good, man. Round eyes. No, I'm I'm actually what I'm going to say next. Awesome. What I'm going to say next is way more offensive. Um, okay. The difficult part of watching that film was having to have that conversation with my daughter that, yeah, in a real fight, this ninja stuff doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> yeah. so, it's, if, it's, if it's not BJJ kickboxing and boxing, no. I'll argue it. They weren't there to fight. They were there to assassinate. It's a completely different sport. They are there to stab you in the neck and kill you and, and, and make you less alive, sir. They're not there to make it a fist fight. If they were to make it a fist fight, they would be, it would be called like 
the, the, the Krav Maga assassin. No, it wasn't that at all. <laughs> I want to see that now. Ninjas uh, on the floor. It's you know what? Oh. Enter the Ninja and all those canon films. They they should have made it. Why did they make Krav Maga assassin? All right, they did they did uh, American Ninja. Why couldn't they do Krav Maga murderer? Nobody knew what Krav Maga was back then. They could have introduced the world to Krav Maga. They introduced the world to ninjas. White, white crane uh, assassin. <laughs> so Enter the Ninja is on Prime. Now Enter the Ninja is the is the is a 1981 film that kicked off the 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 ninjutsu craze in the United States, and and I was supposed to watch that instead of Ninja Assassin. I I asked I asked them, at least one of you join me for Enter the Ninja. Um, yeah, well, I don't, you should never travel down that road alone. No, because we're, we're not, we're traveling with Shokazushi and he's <laughs> apparently going to be with us for the entire month. <laughs> Shokazushi appreciation month. Um, and you know what? May, he should have one anyway. Think it. Yeah. Shokazushi yeah. had such an influence on so many people's lives through through through. Can we get a smiling Shokazushi with glasses hoodie? You should draw one, dude. Um, draw. you oh, know yeah, what? I, I, or Photoshop. So available so, only for November. Um, <laughs> or yeah, in time for Christmas. The Walden Brothers. We can probably make that happen. We can we can do a TV a T-shirt for that that can only run till the end of the month. You'd have to uh, get it through the Walden Brothers. We can make it happen real real quick. I'm sure. But yeah, I don't know. We got to get the artist to do it first. But yeah, you show throw show Kazushi with a pair of aviator sunglasses and a in a sweatsuit. <laughs> Just use the exact same picture. Just put a ninja star somewhere. Yeah. Ninja, ninja stars ninja instead prop. of the, the glasses. He's got his mask on. Oh, there you go. Glasses, he's got a mask on. <laughs> it's not I don't a, like it. It's a, it's a good thing that I'm here so we can all stay on task. <laughs> Oh. oh man so so if nothing else god bless you shokazushi god bless yeah. you uh and your gift that you've shared with the world Ninja Ninja. why do i have kurt russell it should have been shokazushi it should have been can we um how, how many signatures do you think we need to make like november like if not nationally, but at least in the community, like Ninja Month. I there's you know, if you can do a change.org petition for pretty much anything, um, you could do a Shokazushi appreciate make November Shokazushi appreciate Ninja November Shokazushi Appreciation Month. Everyone needs to dress up as ninjas. Yeah, if anything, maybe we can make it like every like third or fourth like Thursday of November. And get it federally recognized so that you can show up to work in Ninja Garden. Yes. Well, no, it, it would be straight up racist if you didn't. Right. You don't want to participate in Ninja November? Kind of 
bigot are you? I wouldn't well, want to anyway. be friends with someone who wouldn't want to celebrate Shokazushi. What would be great was like it will be like the federal the federal employees will get the day off. Yeah, but like the guy that works at the gas station, he's gonna have to like. It's like, yeah, wear your ninja outfit. Well, no, yeah, we we don't provide one. You're gonna have to buy one of your own. (laughs) But you get double pay because it's a holiday. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't do that here, but like the other place across the street does. They're corporate. I got to love them getting to pick and choose what holidays you get paid extra for. Yeah. And why aren't we getting a show? Cause she holiday. I, uh, right. Russia. Seem like the kind of people that wouldn't want to share show. Cause she holiday turns out actually he al- he's already got a holiday in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> he's got three. He's got, it turns out that in the night, 19- every day is his day. Uh, while he was an actual assassin doing cool judo throws on people, um, when he was in all of his downtime, young KGB assassin Vladimir Putin would only watch so- Shokazushi movies. That was the only way he knew how to unwind from a long day of assassinating people. In fact, part of the reason uh, that he he was able to attain the power and success. Uh, that he has been able to is because of the the hidden hand of Shokazushi. Turns out Shokazushi is running everything. We we're talking. I was talking earlier about uh, to someone uh, about well, who runs the people that are really running things behind the scenes? Like you know, mm-hmm. they talk of the Illuminati or the Masons or these folks or these folks that are secretly running everything. Oh, it's it's the Rothschilds and so and so. No, Shokazushi. Agreed. Long day. I, I, I kill lots of people. Don't feel good. I watch his movies, though. Feel wonderful. Feel happy he inside. Shows, he shows me good. new things. He inspires me in new ways to kill people with new weapons and old weapons. He lets me know that you must stick to the fundamentals. Did Jace just do that? Or is no. That- Friend of mine just who does cakes just randomly sent me a picture of some cakes she had done and she did a ninja. If she was a true friend, she'd randomly send you a cake. I know. That's why like, I, I like here's a picture of a friend. donut. Like what the fuck am I gonna do with that? <laughs> Celebrate on my phone and that's where yeah. where does she where does she make her cake, sir? If you're gonna send me a picture at home. Okay. Okay. Evan. Is she a local cake maker? Yeah, she just does it kind of for fun. Oh, I fucking hate super talented people that do shit just for fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Can we ask her to ninja assassin up that cake? Like, I'm sure that's for her family. But if if she throws on some decapitated, I'll buy it off of her. Uh, I'll I'll, I can like frog ninja star. Yes. Tell her, tell her oh. we need psych. We need, uh, we need a ninja star being rubbed on the back of a psychedelic frog, uh, while he's in the process of throwing one, and you see the fractals coming off of it. We need that on a cake. Yeah, 
And you'll see like another like dead ninja laying up against a tree with it embedded, but it's like his eyes are like. His, well, we, we need like. But he's morphing like something else. Yes. <laughs> we need a decapitated head in the corner too, so people can argue over who wants the headpiece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I, I and in the this. corner, Shokazushi smiling proudly. Yes. And this is no longer an episode about a movie review. This is an episode about how the fuck do we get that cake to happen? <laughs> Pretty easily. I'll, I'll tell you. Pretty easily. Don't yeah, ever I'll Jace like sketch cake out cake. The, <laughs> the idea. Can we have That's a cake good. for every episode? You might oh, be shit. down for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh. <laughs> but but for every month just for we don't we, we want to we wouldn't want to overdo it i wouldn't want to eat it uh, i like cake but i don't think that i would, I would sugar. once a month though <gasps> once a, for in december she could make one that tastes like sand western december well yeah yeah so that's what i'm thinking with a tumbleweed on it yeah <laughs> oh yeah a tumbling weed um <laughs> but just doing backflips like it's like it's stumbling um and randomly she has to load them with like magic mushrooms so we're never quite sure what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> she probably would <laughs> remember that time we ate an ayahuasca cake for ayahuasca april <laughs> no i don't what do we oh, we watch well, let's, let's roll the tape <laughs> if we did that we could watch jodorowsky films uh read a bunch of uh, what the, we could watch uh, medicine man with sean connery medicine and man. lorraine Rocco. yes who's the artist Fuck it, we could watch apocalyptico and just go just start sacrificing people whatever Dude, could you imagine drinking and watching that? I can't, honestly, I can't imagine drinking ayahuasca. Like I've heard stories, and and I don't know. Mobius, Mobius, yeah. Mobius. Yeah, check out a ton of Mobius art. If you haven't heard of the artist Mobius, then you need to check out his work. So gorgeous. Uh, I mean, we could do Aphex Twin January. Oh, dude. Ooh. Oh, dude. Well, okay, so it would have to, you know what we could do? And right now, if, if you're at home and you've got ideas and you live near us, that would be another thing we could do. We could we could do, an, we could have an Apex Twin uh, watch party um, at, uh, at the Moose, or we could do one at um, uh, Parker's. That's the other, the cool thing about what we're doing here is we've gotten some support locally and these are things that we can do. Um, but I would like to do a film like uh, Miami Connection at Four Royal Parkers and almost treat it like a history lesson. Um, because, well, with a film like Miami Connection, there is a long history of violence between uh, Korea and Japan. And in this film, you've got the Korean guy uh, who's, who's beating the ninjas He's kicking, he's yeah. kicking the, the drug dealing ninja's asses and he's using Taekwondo. Kim Jong un. Dude, what if Kim Jong un is like a badass Taekwondo dude? 
Like we know he likes he at one point he well, he liked basketball enough to to bring over Dennis. Like I'm not saying he's athletic or not. Um but what if he's like some ill type like Samo Hung? We're like, in Korea, you'd say he was Sam athletic. Dude, there you go, yeah. Kind of chunky, looks kind of goofy, but he mm. moves he moves like a taekwondo master. Like a ninja assassin. Remember when he was going to blow us all up? Because but faster. He could have just kicked our asses individually. Like, send a Miami connection. He would just be running through our cities with a spike and chain, taking us all down. Uh, He'd have his short little army behind him, maybe shooting whoever he missed. <laughs> there wouldn't be many of them. <laughs> No, you totally got that one, sir. <laughs> First try. I imagine they've got to have like a bullet shortage, you know, or that's something that requires them to be really good shots, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, well, they got to get just the right kind of rock in their slingshot. <laughs> Man, you make jokes about dudes with slingshots, but like that David and Goliath myth or the story of David and Goliath, I don't want to say that the story of David and Goliath exists because, and is badass because David was always supposed to win because he had the slingshot. You were never going to yeah. throw, he, he is able to succeed from the outside. Um, you know, if, if he were to do a hand-to-hand fight against Goliath, Goliath, Goliath would have touched him up and smashed him. It would have been an oh. ugly, violent thing. Cool. However, David could crack him from, from a distance and they're fighting in the middle of nowhere. There's lots of rocks. He's got lots of unlimited ammo. He's just got to get Buddy Boy in the eye. He does it. He does it so often. He is so good at it that um, Goliath never had a chance. David was always going to to uh, to win that because uh, a he had superior firepower and he had a better plan uh, to to succeed. Oh, you want to throw? Well, you're going to send in your giant? Oh. That's stupid because we're going to throw the guy that can <laughs> cling a fucking rock at your brain at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, no, no, don't send him. That's your, that's your dude. Yeah, bring him. Come on. <laughs> David. Wait. David. He's going to kick your ass. <laughs> hey, you got, a, you got a couple rocks. And then he's going to slap your sister. <laughs> got a couple rocks if you no... miss the first one just run he said Dave's <laughs> stupid name <laughs> and that's how that meet works up with this yeah yeah that's all canonical that's all that's in the bible no it's um yeah like yeah, I, well, I mean, well there's some there's some fan fiction about it but but no, like in, in a very <laughs> they end up as a couple at the end. Um, I always like everybody says that every work is fan fiction of the Bible. Oh, like during the Renaissance period, because it was all based on the Bible. So technically it was all fanfic of the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, Siri. <laughs> Here's stuff to make you smarter <laughs> surrounded by dumb people. I know. Thank you. Like, I'm so glad I know you. Job. It's you, you make <laughs> everyone good smarter. Enough job sounding like jackasses. Uh, <laughs> so I without do, being outshined, being all David over there with your slingshot. 
<laughs> um, so one of the things uh, I, I, I want to do something with a little bit less serious that, that, ta- that takes up less time, but I, uh, to watch, uh, but I believe it's see it's, it's a season one episode two. I I've got to figure out for sure of GI Joe. And that's where uh, snake oh eyes and shipwreck are the two um, are, are the two main stars. And the reason Hasbro did that was so that they could expose more people to more toys. Um, and so they had like two or two or three characters that were big on an episode. Uh, and that was the episode with Snake Eyes, who is it for, I think in, for my, in maybe our generation, he was, he was the ninja that we were most familiar with. Like Snake yeah, Eyes. Well, there, was, there, was, cool. there was his counterpart. Yeah. What, White Storm? What was it? A snowstorm? What was the? Storm Shadow. Snowstorm. Storm Shadow, yes. The White Ninja counterpart, which it was odd that we were in a situation where the black-wearing character was the good guy and the white-wearing character was the bad guy. Yeah, which um, is weird. It traditionally, awesome. in, 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 in action series, that's, it works the other way. You have the White Knight versus the, the dark, evil, Darth Vader-type character. No, in this film, uh, it, is, it, is, it is a ninja in black, and he is fucking people up, and he's got a wolf. All right. The other dude has a bird and the bird always talks at the worst friggin' time. Uh, they're always, you know what? I'm saving it for the podcast, I'm saving it, I'm saving it. But when we can get in, when we get into the movie, that stupid fucking bird, a wolf is way cooler. All right. When we get into the movie, we can talk about how, uh, uh, William, the refrigerator Perry from the Chicago Bears, the great 1984-85 Chicago Bears, was uh, part of Sergeant Slaughter's team. It gets deep. It gets real deep. I'm not opposed to any of these rabbit holes. I just want to say that. Um, (laughs) That's what they're there for. All right. So so what do we... uh, I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm up for either enter the in, uh, enter the ninja next or uh, or go down some GI Joe. Jake, what do you think? Well, it is Ninja November. Oh, but GI Joe is ninja. All right, guys, thanks for checking out this episode of Woke and Baked, and a very solid shout out to our supporters at Iron Asylum and Red Run Cannabis Company. All right, friends, get out there, kick today's ass. Do not let it kick yours. Have some fun. Otherwise, what's the point? And now, your cannabis warning. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.